And now your host. Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And as you are aware, we are weeks away from Election Day 2021. We are highlighting local candidates, national issues, and people you should get to know. And the most important thing, of course, is to get out and vote. Many uh, areas have had early voting starting, mail-in starting, and people are getting ready to vote in person November 2nd, 2021. I want to thank you for listening to the shows on 620 AM, 1640 AM, 93.5 FM in the tri-state area, and when you download us internationally, anytime, anywhere, through the many podcast outlets we are featured on, including iHeart, iTunes, Google, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Jewish Network, Jewish Podcast, and Talkline Network Radio. We have a huge show tonight, so let's get started and welcome into my political corner. Our first guest is Ann Donnelly, who is running for the Nassau County District Attorney from the Republican Party. Let me tell you why this is such an important race. She is not a career politician, you're going to find out. She is a career prosecutor. But what is really interesting is that she is running against a Jewish Democrat who is considered to be one of the co-authors of the bail reform that is crippling New York with its crime rates increasing. And because of this single issue and two words, bail reform, this has become one of the most uh, watched races, not only in Nassau County, but in New York State, in Albany, and around the country. Safety has become the number one issue for candidates at each level. Her segment is paid for by Ann Donnelly for DA. Our other guests are also going to be talking about how crime has been a major issue in their uh, lives. One of them is famed attorney, criminal defense attorney, and the attorney who was involved in the second impeachment trial of President Trump, David Schoen. And we are going to feature a new face for the GOP, a millennial, John McQuaid, who, by talking about common sense, is reaching out not just to Republicans, but to independents and Democrats in his area as well. See, there are the two words, common sense, bail reform, common sense. Judicial system. Two words always make a difference because it's short enough for us to pay attention. Here's another two words. Let's vote. Your vote does count. I know that's four words, but two and two equals four. We cannot stress enough, not from me, or not from my guest, but from watching 
media everywhere reading the headlines. Even the left-wing, quote-unquote, fake media is starting to call out the Biden administration failures. Even people in the Democratic Party are worried about what is happening. And it seems to be the most important person in this country right now is not AOC, but it is a moderate Democrat who knows what it means to work for common sense most of the time and who wants to work with both parties working together. And of course, I'm talking about Joe Manchin. It's going to be very interesting to see how the elections play out after November 2nd and what it's going to lead to for redistricting 2022 congressional and Senate races. And of course, the big announcement we are all waiting for, who wants to run in 2024 for president? So sit back and stay tuned because we're going to talk tonight a lot about common sense, a lot about bail reform, crime, our judicial system, and what's at stake. We're going to learn about that really from really the nation's top constitutional expert. He's been involved in it firsthand. And looking forward in the GOP. We'll be back shortly. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And anybody that knows me knows how important and personal fighting for the rights of victims in courts is because you know my ongoing lawsuit and you know how I work for the underdog. So it is a real big honor, not just a treat, but an honor to have Nassau County's next district attorney, Ann Donnelly, with us because she is not a career politician. She is like many of you, a mom, a wife, grassroots activist, but most important, she has been a prosecutor for 32 years and she's not looking for this for the spotlight. She actually believes in her work and that's why she stepped forward to run. Thank you so much for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Cindy, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So we started off talking, you aren't a politician. And 
I have to say, when everybody said they heard the name running against the Democrat, they said, who was she? And now the biggest talk in, in this race of all of the NASA races is Ann Donnelly. I see lawn signs everywhere in the district. Tell us how you became an overnight sensation. Uh, I think it simply is, Cindy, because I'm the real deal. When I tell people that I have been a prosecutor for 32 years, I have touched on every single bureau in the Nassau County District Attorney's Office. It has been my life's passion, my home. And the only reason I stepped up to get involved in politics and run is to make sure we can keep our community safe our family, our children. And what people don't understand, or maybe they're starting to understand, is that, so what I am seeing, especially in this race, is that it's not really about Democrat or Republican. It's about common sense. People from every political party is very concerned about the judicial system today about what they see is going on. And if they can trust the courts today, starting in Washington with what's going on through New York, a a very blue state, and they are very concerned on their local levels. So tell us what your goal is as district attorney. Well, my goal is to try, not to try, but to continue to protect the residents of Nassau County. The judicial system quite simply took a beating with this uh, cashless bail and discovery law changes and rules. And we need to stand up to be strong together, to continue to prosecute, to protect victims, and to have a voice, a large loud voice that says, we're not going to stand for crime. We're not going to let larcenies take place in our stores and do nothing about it. We're going to stand together and do something to keep safe, to keep businesses safe, people safe, um, you know, just so people feel like this is where they want to stay and want to live in Nassau County. So you just brought up about uh, keeping people safe and about keeping businesses safe. I'm going to also add in religious institutions. I am a proud Jewish Republican. There are many Jewish communities within your district, and you are running against a Jewish man. To our audience that relates to this or to the non-Jewish audience that is worried about what's going on with hate crimes, in their communities, what do you tell them? You're absolutely right, Cindy. It's every community that we need to have a voice that knows they can come to the district attorney's office and that we will be there to help the Jewish community, the Asian community, the Hispanic community, the Indian community, all communities. Um, I was raised, a, a, and I'm an Irish Roman Catholic, and you need to feel safe in your houses of worship. You need not to worry about leaving services and having someone confront you or attack you because of where you're leaving services. It is just a fundamental right of being an American and being here in the United States. That's why we're here. Um, 
I really think it's going to be important for the office to add and then expand some type of advisory board. I want to hear from the communities. I know that there have been some instances of anti-Semitic graffiti and things that I didn't hear about because maybe the rabbi was told, but it now never came through to the office. I want it to be the first thing the office hears. I want to know all about those instances. I want to have an advisory committee that is made up not just of one person from the community, but many people from the community who can come and tell me what's going on. And we need absolutely, the office needs to establish staff and really push a hate crime bias mm -hmm. unit where ADAs will be specially trained in how to not only handle hate crimes, but how to be a liaison to the community how to go out and, and talk and have conversations so they know when something's coming, what they can do about it. We need to dedicate um, resources there. And that's something that I promise I'm going to do. You know, and I'm know already that, volunteering, um, make a long story short. Great. I'm on that committee. But I want to bring up something else that also affects many of your constituents that are everyday moms and dads and that's with what's going on with school boards and speaking up and that the Biden administration is uh, particularly our uh, attorney general wants to criminalize parents who speak up at school board meetings what do you plan to do in Nassau County that that is that is just ludicrous people have the right to speak up people have the right to give their opinion opinions. I think you need to do it respectfully. You need to do it in order. You need not to have chaos, but every opinion counts. Every parent, you know, I have three children. I was involved in their education, you know, all through the, the young ages, the high school ages. You need to be able to, to, to have an opinion, to talk, to um, get a message across that this is either A, what we want or B, what we don't want or C, can we come to a compromise? You know, I don't think it matters, the, the race, religion, any of those things when it comes to the district attorney's office, it's gonna sound like a cliche, but they say justice is blind and it's true. Um, we need justice to be blind. It's not looking at, you know, race and religion and, and people's right to speak is across all boards. My son, who's the oldest of my three children, is a child with special needs. And I know what it means to fight. I know what it means to push. I know what it means to ask for help. And that's something that I'm certainly going to support. And if people feel they're not getting a voice, I will be there to help them get that voice. And speaking of support, you have received many great endorsements, including a lot from law enforcement. Tell us some of the people who have come out to endorse you. Well, I'm very proud of the law enforcement endorsements that I have. They're overwhelming. And I believe it's because for 32 years, I have worked side by side with these men and women. I have the National County Detectives Association, the Nassau County Superior Officers, the Nassau County PBA. I have the Nassau County Corrections Officers, Nassau County Court Officers, 
the Nassau County Police Pack, which is all the, the villages. And then I also received the Suffolk County Detectives Endorsement, the Suffolk County PBA Endorsement, New York City Detective Endorsement, Port Authorities Endorsement. It, the list goes, goes on and on because the men and women involved in law enforcement know that I have been there for them for 32 years. And I'm gonna continue to be there for them, to stand with them, to see that justice is served and victims are helped. Well, Na- Nassau County was always known as the Republican uh, most important county in the country. It was for many, many years. And it seems that your candidacy and your win is bringing in a role because people are really talking about this. And it really has to do with two words, bail reform. Tell us how your candidacy has been the, um, affected in a positive way by the bail reform set in Albany. Well, it got everybody talking. It made everyone think, and it made them start asking questions. And I have said from the beginning of this campaign, it is not about Republican or Democrat or independent or, you know, it's about people. It doesn't matter what you're registered to vote. I'm not here to say in the DA's office, we're only going to look at Republicans or Democrats. We're here for everybody. This issue touches everyone, anyone who lives in the county. This issue touches because it's making us less safe. It's releasing dangerous criminals back on the street to reoffend, and then releasing them again to reoffend. And that's what we have to stop. We have to stop that revolving door. And it actually hurts the minority communities most that the Democrats take for granted because usually they go and target those communities. The schools in those areas are the ones that are failing the most. The unemployment rates are the highest. And so you're actually going to help Democrats and minority Democrats the most. Not that you are targeting it, but it's just the reality. When you have a good judicial system, it it actually helps them the most because they're going to get the fairest deal. Exactly. And that's the point. It doesn't matter. Um, It matters only that you are a resident of Nassau County, a person who lives here, who's trying to make a living here. It does hurt you know, um, small businesses, you know, you know that we, we use the, the words mom and pop business, but those businesses get burglarized and try to come back from it and then get burglarized again until eventually they say, I'm just going to close the door. And what does that do then to our neighborhoods and our, you know, um, you know communities? It, it makes us weaker and it makes us less uh, desirable and less strong. So we want to learn a little bit about Annie the woman. I mean, because we don't know much about you, except we just found out you have a son with uh, special needs and yes. that you've been married over 30 years. So <laughs> I'm going to play a little round of getting to know you. Tell us a little bit about you. What are your favorite hobbies? Perfect. Okay. So um, I love to read. I read and always have been just a voracious reader. I will read everything from a romance novel to a 
new book on something that happened in history. I actually just finished reading a book um, about uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, the famous coach of the Green Bay Packers, who also happened to be a graduate of my my university, uh, Fordham University, where he played football as one of the seven blocks of granite. But the most interesting thing about the book was it's called When Pride Still Mattered and how he talked to the Green Bay Packer players and said, hey, put on a jacket and a tie and come to work feeling like a winner and have pride in what you do and we're going to become winners. And of course, we all know, you know, he he coached one of the greatest football teams of all time. So it was just a great read and and an interesting read. And that goes for everybody. What's your favorite food? Anything that's Italian, because I'm Irish and I really can't cook too well. And I love Italian food. And I should tell you, Cindy, besides my son, I have two wonderful daughters, one who graduated college and one who is in her senior year of college. Wow. And uh, I have... I have an incredible family, if I can brag for a moment. My sister, my older sister, became an FBI agent. And most people don't know this, but every case in the FBI has one case agent, no matter how many thousands of agents and people are involved. My sister is the case agent on 9-11. Oh, wow. And... No. Tell us brother, something else about us quickly, yes. and then we're going to get back to the serious stuff about the DA's race. Tell us one more little fact that really hasn't been published or that is little known about you. I miss going to the movies. We <laughs> I all do. love going to a good movie. I know. I know. But unfortunately, with woke education, I'm not so excited to go to the movies. <laughs> But I agree Movies with you. Broadway. I can't wait for Broadway to come back. Me too. So let's get back to the race and a little bit more serious. Uh, tell us how, when you get into office, what you're going to do to, I guess, the first couple of pieces on your agenda, what you plan to do that shows and will help the community in a quick way or in a faster way than what's going on now? Well, you know what's so great about me being elected district attorney? I don't need training wheels. I know the office. I've been there for 32 years. I know exactly where to walk into and say, one, two, three. We need to bolster our technology crimes unit. We need to reinforce our elder crime unit. And we need to teach young ADAs how to get back in the courtroom and advocate on behalf of the victims. You know, we, the, the bail, the cashless bail also brought uh, new discovery uh, rules that make it almost impossible to get everything together that we need to get together. So we need to reach out to the defense bar and say, we have to work on this together. You need to give us the opportunity to get us exactly what you need, and we will get it. So um, it's great, in, in my opinion, that I have such a great relationship with the defense bar. I've been working with these men and women for over 32 years. They know me. They trust me. 
they uh, they know they easy for me. I, there's no learning curve. Um, my opponent has never worked in the Nassau District Attorney's Office. <clears throat> and uh, your opponent also, besides never working in this, they say he's one of the authors of the bail reform, and he is claiming that you didn't. So now set the record straight. What is the story? Did he write it? Tell us. Cindy, the videotape doesn't lie. Senator Gennaris, who was the deputy majority senator, stood on the Senate floor and said, and I quote, I'd like to thank Senator Todd Kaminsky for putting pen to paper for this law. As an educated, intelligent woman, that means you helped write it. He supported it. He voted for it. And now he wants to run away from it. He is a typical full-time politician, something I am not. I am a prosecutor. Where can our audience reach out to help you? To donate, to volunteer. We still have time. Early voting is starting. Uh, Tell us all the information. We want to make sure everybody gets out there to support you. Well, thank you. If you'd like to go to my website, Ann Donnelly, the number four, D-A, um, dot com, and you can get information there on how to donate, how to reach out if you need me, you know, signs, anything that you need. Uh, you know, we will we will get it for you and to you. You know, and the most important thing, Cindy, really, is knock on your neighbor's door, talk to your friends, reach out to your school age children's community and say, I've met this woman. I've heard this woman. I've listened to this woman. She's the real deal. You got to get out and vote for her. Well, I could tell you as someone in your district, a proud Republican, a proud Jewish Republican, I will do everything I can to make sure constituents from all backgrounds come out to support. This is, I always tell people local elections are more important than coming out every four years for the president because they decide your local laws and you are the person for the local laws. So we are so honored to have you and people could also reach out to me. I will make sure if someone needs a lift to a polling site, if you want to volunteer at polling sites, There are positions. Call me. I will make sure this happens. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, Ann Donnelly, District Attorney Candidate, Nassau County. Thank you so much. Good luck. And I can't wait to work with you as the DA and help fix everything in Nassau County. Thank you, Cindy. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Republican woman, rock. (laughs) Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. 
our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. And joining me now is a young, enthusiastic candidate. And one of the things I love to do with the show is bring you new, fresh faces that are going to be leaders in the party for a long time. John McQuaid is running in Long Beach for legislator. And it's very important that somebody so young and so outgoing and so determined runs for local office because the people that run locally tend to be successful in these positions and move up the ladder. We saw it with Lee Zeldin. We've seen it with so many people. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sydney. I really appreciate that uh, introduction. Um, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, it's really important that we get uh, fresh faces uh, early on in uh, government representation and it starts from the bottom and you work your way to the top and uh you know i want to form a good base politically and really do my best uh with this current position i'm just doing it one step at a time so uh really this is my this is my whole ambition my whole life uh work right now and it runs in your blood because your father has been a successful politician in the nassau gop many years yes Uh, You're from Long Beach, and Long Beach is right now in the spotlight because probably one of the most important races right now in Nassau County that New York State is watching is the district attorney's race. And we are hearing some good stuff out of Long Beach, which is Todd Kaminsky's hometown. Tell us a little bit what you've been hearing as you've been going door to door and meeting your constituents. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, Todd Kaminsky is a very familiar name in the Long Beach households. Uh, he was born and raised here, and he's uh, certainly uh, done a lot of uh, legislative uh, actions for the community. Uh, but he's running a, an election that's uh, got a lot of negatives going his way, which include bail reform, as we all know, uh, which is a failed legislation uh, by the Democrats, by the state Democrats, which he was the uh, ringleader for and really uh, the man in front of uh, that being pushed initially. So, uh, you know, he has um, no real wiggle room to get away from that, uh, you know, whole entire debacle, I like to say, because it's putting criminals on the street and everyone knows it. You know, no one is going to be, I've not met, I haven't met anyone, Democrat or Republican, that has been on board with uh, any aspect of this bail reform. So, um, you know, both sides know it. He was the one who, really pushed for it, and he's going to deal with the consequences running this DA race if he thinks that he can get away with, uh, you know, imposing such a terrible law onto us that is uh, dangerous. It's really dangerous for the community, and, um, you know, his candidacy is um, definitely not um, supported by any kind of good actions from his time as a state senator. So I think everyone knows that, and it's going to be a very tough election for him. So... He's from Long Beach. You're from that area. You're going to be representing it. What are the top three issues on your agenda as legislator? 
First off is financial issues that we're dealing with. Um, essentially, uh, we have a $230 million lawsuit that's breaking our back at the moment, and we're paying $1 million a month for um, just sandbagging the issue, essentially, by the current administration. I've spoken with the lawyers for this lawsuit, and they've told me that Long Beach has failed to reach out. And every day on the 11th, which is today, October 11th, Long Beach is owed another $1 million um, to this group. So um, our financial issues are beyond, you know, not beyond repair, but we're really getting there. And if we're not going to do something quick, it's going to be, um, you know, something that we can't uh, ever really get a hold of. And uh, the second biggest issue, I would say, is, um, you know, with the um, fire department and the police departments and our public services, there has been a lot of questions as to uh, the hiring and letting go of different individuals and how we can balance the payroll out. And um, being a city, we have our our own departments. So it's very personal when we try to do any reform uh, for those uh, different areas. And, uh, you know, being a um, potential city councilman, I am a young guy and I'm out of the loop with a lot of that nepotism as well as, you know, that uh, backdoor dealings. And I'm hoping I can take a more practical approach in uh, really uh, addressing those uh, issues, which tie into financial issues, but I see as a different kind of animal in itself because we're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of legacy in those departments. So that's going to be a very sensitive issue uh, in its own, on its own. And I would say the third biggest issue would be, um, you know, is just uh, gentrification in the um, different neighborhoods we have, uh, specifically North Park neighborhood. They have, been rebuilding houses uh, since Superstorm Sandy that are just not appropriate for that region. It's uh, supposed to be an opportunist zone uh, with affordable housing that have been completely replaced by these two to three story monstrosities that are $5,000 to $7,000 a month rent um, and are being told, hey, we're giving them uh, people who live there the first opportunity to either buy or reject the house, but they're charging full price. So it's not very affordable housing when it's rent that I don't even think my parents pay for uh, their own house. So, um, you know, there, there is a lot of um, different, um, there's one real practical issue, and then there's two cultural issues that I think are really important um, and that I want to really make a difference with. Well, I know, and just from listening to you describing it, this is in your blood. And yeah. before we uh, went on air, you were talking about how you went into the dis- uh, different yeah. areas. Long Beach represents a trend all through Long Island in that uh, you have people from all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different financial mm-hmm. backgrounds, all yeah. different religions in Long Beach. What do you say to them when a young handsome white Republican man comes to them and says, I want to represent you. What do they say or what do I say when I address them? Well, you could start with what, uh, start with what they say. We know what you're going to say. What do you hear from them? You know, um, they, they want to listen. And the fact that I'm even, even um, approaching them in person is very different from what they experience. And that's a very common, um, common thing I hear from them, which is, wow, you're actually here, like you're the candidate and you're the one talking to me. So many of them have told me, I said, oh, where'd you get that sign for the other, uh, the Democratic Party? And they said, oh yeah, a woman dropped it off the other week. And she was just like, can I put it there? And I did. And I had two different houses today 
where I approached them and I spoke to them about the signs and why they had it up. And by the end of the conversation, they took down the signs and they said, come back with yours. I'd be happy to represent you because you're actually the one coming to me and speaking to me. So as much of as much as racial issues are obviously on the surface and very, you know, black and white, to approach those kind of issues and to be the one who wants to be a part of the solution, you don't need to feel intimidated about your own color or where you came from, as long as your heart's in the right place. And if you're really authentic and genuine about it, it's um, it's really simple to reach out to them. And I've actually had a lot of um, a lot of fun. Yeah, I would say fun. I, I've had a lot of fun campaigning in uh, heavily minority areas because they love the opportunity to speak on what's going on. They love the chance to really voice what they feel needs to be done. And I, I can really sense that. And I'm more than happy to listen. So they, they can sense that as well. You know, they, they can tell when someone's being genuine or not. And I'm just Where there. can everybody find you and help you out on your campaign? Uh, election day is November 2nd. Early yep. voting's about to begin. So tell us where uh, we can reach out to you. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I have different social media platforms. Uh, John McQuaid for... Long Beach City Council is my Facebook page. McQuaid LBCC is my Instagram handle. And then for Twitter, you can just look up John McQuaid for Long Beach City Council as well. Um, my name is fairly unique. So if you Google John McQuaid with Long Beach, you should be able to find all of those outlets as well as relevant articles that are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've done a couple of interviews with Newsday as well as the Herald. And this Wednesday, I have a League of Women Voters uh, forum, which will be held via Zoom meeting um, and is considered one of the most um, well-known forums for this campaign. So that will be a big one. John McQuaid, A Face for the Future. Thank you for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Yeah, thank you for having me, Cindy. Really appreciate it. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and we are indeed honored to have with us such a distinguished uh, attorney. Many of you will recognize him from the second impeachment trial. He recently became uh, the president of the Zionist Organizations of America, and we are very honored to have David Schoen with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. I'm actually chairman of the ZOA. Oh. The president does the real work. I'm just a lay leader. Thank you. I know you're one of the leaders. And of course, you're working with one of my favorite people in the world, Mark Klein. 
and uh, Mort's a mentor. He's a friend. Reader is a friend. And when people ask me as a Jew, as a religious Jew, as someone who ran for Congress, as a proud Republican, even though it's a 501c3, what organization today represents American Jewish issues, Zionist issues, and really fighting worldwide Jewry on a consistent basis that doesn't go wishy-washy, it's always ZOA. So I am so honored to have you here because it is a very important part of my life. Well, thank you very much. I I agree 100%, of course. It's the singular uh, organization that speaks out with clarity and that always supports every position with facts. That's what attracted me most to it. And Mort Klein, as you say, is a very powerful speaker on all of these issues that are of interest uh, to Americans and to Zionists. So it, it really uh, it suits the title. So uh, we are here today. We're talking right before the uh, 2021 elections. And my followers know that I tell them local elections are more important than even just coming out every four years to vote for president, because it's the local elections that determined uh, your local budgets, infrastructure, your judicial system, etc. And this year, people are waking up to it because of what's going on in Washington. Tell us what you see going on and what we should be aware of. What I see going on is chaos, quite frankly. Um, I agree with you 100% on local elections. And uh, th- those are the people that we're interacting with every day. They have the greatest impact on our personal lives on a daily basis. But of course, the big picture going on in Washington also has an impact. And we see some, you know, pretty, uh, pretty unusual initiatives uh, coming forward now from the administration. Um, and I'm speaking here, you know, simply as a lawyer and American citizen, not as a representative, the ZOA about these things. Um, we see a lot of troubling things. Listen, all of the big issues are in the news all of the time. Um, Immigration issues, very difficult, intractable problem for any administration, I would suggest. But we're not seeing a great sense of accountability here. And that, I think, is to some degree a measure of the media's role. I think that uh, the media sort of picked sides several years ago, and it's not the same kind of uh, reporting that we used to see, I think, uh, as, as recently as maybe five years ago. I, I think it changed very much with the last administration. And... Uh, and it's not fair. The American people aren't getting a straight picture on many of the issues. Um, you know, one of the things that concerns me today is that, again, we're getting sidetracked with this January 6th commission going on in Congress. Um, you know, we spent years with the Mueller commission, and uh, it was uh, based on you know, something other than facts. We're learning more and more now. But it also it derailed our many policy initiatives, which maybe was a partial purpose of it. But I want to see the country get back on track toward, you know, building a strong country, not fighting with each other, not so polarized and all of that. And uh, we have to see what happens. But listen, this election 2021 and 2022 is going to be very telling one way or the other, I think, with respect to the makeup of Congress. Well, I have to tell you, again, I did not invite you here as the ZOA uh, rep. I invited you here as an attorney, as uh, somebody who is a criminal defense attorney, And there was so much going on in this country in regard to bail reform. I mean, Merrick Garland and what he's doing to parents. The legal system is something that I don't recognize. And 
scholars on both parties are saying the same thing. What is going on? Right. I think you're right. And I have to say an interesting phenomenon I'm seeing is, um, you know, the, the administration puts out an initiative and then people speak out. And that's probably the most important thing, I think, for your listeners to think about the importance of speaking out. So Merrick Garland, that's a good example, came out with this policy now that's horrified civil rights groups and people on the left and on the right. I don't really like that dichotomy, but put it that way, people on the left and on the right, because it seems like nothing short of an intimidation tactic against parents in the most important uh, parts of their lives, their children, their children's education. And so parents spoke out and they said, we feel intimidated. Civil rights leaders the other day, just this week, spoke out and said, what are we talking about? This is a, you're really chilling free speech here. And so we see now the administration taking a step back a little bit. I don't know how it's going to end up, but they recognize that this is just not going to fly. See the same thing, you know, with this business that Jenna Yellen was talking about, uh, supposedly inquiring into any bank account that has $600 anymore. So today we see the, again, that had some response. And so the administration saying, well, maybe that threshold should be $10,000 not $600. It's very important for people to speak out. And that means not just the, so what I call the hate squad. That's who we hear from in the media. We have to let people know that this is, they represent a tiny, hopefully a tiny minority fraction of the voting of the electorate and American citizens in general. They just have a loud voice that gets many forums. So I don't know if you could answer this, but I'm a religious Jew, you are a religious Jew, and you actually taught the world during the impeachment trial about uh, saying a prayer um, when you drink water. But I wrote a piece last week and I got a lot of attention on it in Israel National News, Ari Chever, about why is it that the Jews in the Biden administration are making headlines, whether or not you just pointed out Janet Yellen or Merrick Garland, um, Anthony Blinken, another one. Why is it that these Jews are the ones that are, you know, making these policies or becoming the face of the policies that will ultimately lead to worldwide anti-Semitism. Right. Well, that's, you know, unfortunately, that's been a characteristic of American Jewry and Jewry around the world um, from time immemorial. But listen, there's something to be said for the fact that Jews were able to reach the heights of power that those folks, you know, they're in very prominent positions. They've had very successful careers, but there just seems to be a disconnect um, or they're so insulated from the danger that people are facing. Listen, you know, um, in the streets of New York and you have people walking down the street, literally physically attacked only for being Jewish. Uh, I'm representing one of them now. And it's a very frightening phenomenon. And so maybe these folks are that far detached from it. But, you know, the right now, I suppose the ultimate uh, failure looks like going to be in the, in the Middle East. I mean, they were reversing policy again on Israel. We're going back to policies that have proven to be failures. Um, you know, we're empowering terrorists. We're giving a voice to people who swore off any peace process and who constantly use rhetoric about killing Jews, killing Israelis, and so on. And the idea is, well, if we bring them into the fold, then maybe they'll modify their behavior. That hasn't worked. We've done it repeatedly. And every time it's uh, led to greater terrorism. It's funny you say that because I'm very good friends with Joey Borgen. So I don't know. If- oh, so that's who I'm representing. Okay. <laughs> my son was supposed to be with Joey when he was uh-huh. attacked. For My son works at a hospital and he was working late. But I know Joey very well. A lovely boy attacked only for being Jewish. And luckily, a little- he's- yeah, go ahead. 
you know, anyway, but uh, the lawyer in uh, Long Island, Stephen Fink, has met many times with the family and we're going to be representing them together. And I look forward to it because I think that case has to send an important statement. It's about two things, at least. It's about the attackers and their la- no hesitation in the middle of Times Square to attack a person only because of his religion. And it's quite frankly about the rhetoric from AOL, AOC and uh, Tlaib and Omar that leads to this kind of thing. And one after another organization and scholar has said there is a direct link between that kind of hate rhetoric and incitement and the actual beatings that happen on the street. So I'm going to get a bit personal a minute uh, because everybody this is like saying what's happened in eight months. And I tell people this really has been going on for two decades. And the best example I give is Randy Weingarten and the public school system. Mm-hmm. You now have a generation of students that are from the failing schools that have been taught by teachers who aren't really trained well, that there are corruptions in the school, the curriculum, there's been no oversight, there's no parent accountability, and it is a result of 20 ideas. But you're seeing it now because you have an administration that has control of every branch. So what do you what do you say to people when they say to you, what's going on and why is it you know, just happening? I say, you're right. We have to learn from history. There is a history to this. Listen, Randy Weingarten's positions are so far out of the mainstream these days. I, I think she's completely out of touch with the average teacher on the line also, quite frankly. These teachers are some of the most dedicated people we have, but she's a voice for them. And it's, it's something that I think many, many teachers uh, resent. So that's been going on a long time. But you're right. People have to educate themselves on the history, especially on the history of Israel. And that's, by the way, what attracted me to the ZOA. They put out their facts. They monitor history. And, but there are many resources you can use if you're interested in Israel, for example, to you know go back to the Oslo Accords and then look at the history since then. Look at how they've been violated with impunity and how our government at times has empowered them, notwithstanding that, refused to call them on the violations. And what do you have to do? You have to get out. You have to educate yourselves and you have to vote. My uh, listeners are going to want to know, are you still in touch with uh, President Trump? Spoke to him two days ago. Okay. And they Always also, very gracious with me on the phone, I have to say. Always. They also want to know, are they going to be able to go out and vote and have fair elections? Because the biggest complaint I hear from people is this, why should I go out and vote, especially if I'm a Republican? You have all these mail-in ballots still going. Nobody has checked and verified things. I mean, the president gave very clear facts at his last rally about what went on in Arizona and other states. And yet the court system is not allowing any kind of leeway to investigate it. Can Republicans go out and get fair voting rights? Well, let me say this. They have to go out and vote, period. Uh, this is what happened in Georgia. You know, in Georgia, unfortunately, the electorate got a, a message, don't vote because it won't be fair. And uh, we're paying the price because of that. You have to go out and vote. I don't. I can't promise you the elections are going to be perfect. I can't promise you there won't be mistakes made, fraud, and all of that. I know you have to vote. And what do you tell people in blue states like New York, New Jersey? I mean, California, where they were able to at least get some attention to a recall, and yet when push came to shove, Gavin Newsom won. What do you tell people in blue states? Well, many of them have left that that blue state that you mentioned, New York, for Florida, quite frankly. That may be, I mean, I think that's a fair response 
to some failed policies. I mean, what went on with Governor Cuomo, all of that was shocking. I mean, we saw him again after all that happened in the nursing homes and assisted living homes and all that. We still saw Mr. Fauci lauded him as setting a model for the country and that sort of thing. Um, again, people have to be heard. The apathy is a great enemy of what's going on these days. And so if you care enough about it, if you care about your children, if you care about the future, you have to get out, get engaged and vote. And what do you tell people about 2024? I'm sure they ask you your thoughts. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that I think there are many decisions to be made. Uh, f- from my perspective, you know, I don't know why former President Trump would want to run again, quite frankly. He had a very nice life before he was president. And, uh, you know, there's one after another attack against him. But I think that he feels that, you know, he, he made a difference and he can continue to make a difference. And if he doesn't have two years or three years being dragged down by a Mueller investigation, he could have made a bigger difference. But he did make a huge difference in many areas, especially areas of interest to, you know, Jews around the world between the Abraham Accords, moving the embassy to Jerusalem and so on. But hopefully there'll be good candidates all around that will be good for this country and uh, we'll have real choices. But get out there and vote and make the choice. I couldn't agree with you more on what I see. I see this too, as, you know, the Republicans are very united. We're all against the Democrats, but we have the grassroots and then we have the RNC and Trump will unite a grassroots better than any other candidate. That is not in debate. It's whether or not the RNC and the establishment will go with Trump as well as the grassroots. Otherwise, there will be a problem because right now the Democrats with the, you know, Biden having the lowest ratings. I mean, around the country, great candidates are coming up. I, I know I'm working on two in New Jersey. We will flip a seat actually in 2022. We have real potential to save this country. But if we don't go out and vote, if we don't feel our judicial system is fair, our voting integrity is fair then we are going to say goodbye to democracy and America as we know it. You're right. And the infighting has to stop. It has to get fleshed out pretty soon because you have a real target now. I mean, on all of, you know, so many policy initiatives that people disagree with. Um, So again, it depends on how much all of this means to you and how much, you know, your system and the constitution and maintaining American way of life means to you. Those are big decisions to make. David, Sean, where can our audience find you and reach out to you if they want to? Um, well, I have a website, uh, www.shownlawfirm.com, and there is a contact page on there. But uh, I'm always happy to hear from everybody and anybody. And I try to get back to people as quickly as possible. I have to tell you, one of the most heartening things after the impeachment trial was I literally have boxes full of handwritten letters that people wrote to me from around the country on how much they appreciated and all that. It takes, it takes something these days to sit down and actually write a letter. And it meant a great deal to me. Well, it, it was very obvious how you were personally uh, involved in the trial and how it, you know, fighting for our constitutional rights is so important. On a personal note, I look forward to seeing you at the ZOA Gala in December and uh, working with you. Uh, and um, thank you for your friendship and for your guidance and for your support of our Constitution. And thank you for being so on top of the issues and bringing these issues out. That, that's a vitally important role. Well, thank you so much. All right. Take care. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, 
and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.